people are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 505. I'm Andrew. I'm Maura. I'm Pamela. And Pat is back this week. Just Pat. No other title. Just Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Yay. Also, welcome back to Chicago. We just got back yesterday, which is why we're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, We had a big week, didn't we? Yeah, it was the best. Andrew is the best vacation planner. I really didn't do much. So... (laughs) Everything, because yeah. I mean, I I never been out west. I knew he loved the west. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'm going to go along with anything, and it was the best time. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Uh, so we last last week I said, oh my god, it's going to be so cold. We might <laughs> leave town earlier. We did end up leaving town earlier because United waived our change fees due to the weather. Um, so we did not experience the negative twenty two high temperature or low temperature that hit chicago last week but every fucking person out west so you know when you're a tourist you're meeting new people and they always ask oh where are you visiting from and of course we kept answering chicago every fucking person oh my god i heard how cold it is out there this week and it's the same (laughs) spiel and we give the same response yes yes it's very cold we left at a good time we went to the grand canyon pat's first time blown away by that right pat yeah i i mean i always pictured the grand canyon to be like completely surrounded by desert where in all reality it's like half of it is a giant forest and then the other half like on the other side is the desert so it's like these two massive ecosystems split apart by a giant hole which is crazy because i never pictured it that way there is still snow on the ground and uh pat was tempted to climb out onto the you know onto certain like areas that jet out into the canyon but with the snow on the ground it felt extra dangerous for him to do that because literally people fall into the canyon and die every year and i said to pat please do not be a statistic this year and i said don't ruin my fun (laughs) (laughs) and clearly you live to tell the tales so right (laughs) yeah i did we did have to pee on the grand canyon (laughs) you had to like it was on your bucket list no, like we were walking between two visitor areas and we both had to pee really bad. So we just both peed on the canyon. <laughs> Which, like into the canyon? Not into it, like along the canyon's rib. <laughs> that there must be, you know, that must be one of the majestic things about having a penis <laughs> is that you, if you wanted to, could pee into the Grand Canyon. I'm going to have to get like one of those shiwi things. <laughs> So that I can have the experience of standing up and peeing. Oh my gosh, I would buy one for you if you would pee into the canyon. I I said this to Pat after I peed. I was like, wow, you have not lived until you whip your dick out and it experiences that fresh national park air. It felt so good. (laughs) Oh my God. But um, yeah, so, so that was the Grand Canyon. So we went to Vegas and pat had in and out for his first time he didn't like it as much as i was hoping but that's okay that's fine you still like culver's the wisconsin fast food restaurant more than in and out uh, yeah with culver's is just the meat is better it 
Yeah, I will say, though, the buns that In-N-Out uses are really good. Yeah, and then he goes and posts that shit on Facebook, and then all his stupid Wisconsin friends are like, oh, yeah, I so agree with you. Culver's is so much better. Like, fuck all of you. (laughs) Marijuana is legal for recreational use in Nevada, and we went to our a dispensary, and it was Pat's first dispensary. It was, it's, they're like walking into an Apple store. It's crazy how nice they are. And like, they have employees there ready to help you. Hi, what are you shopping for today? Yeah, the one lady wanted, she was trying to give out samples of gummies and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And he spent a lot of his tax refund at the dispensary. Can I say that? Yeah. I mean, Aww. it wasn't a lot of it. It was just a portion. I'm happy that you got a tax refund. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> um, but that was that was cool. The dispensaries are very interesting, and because it is legal out there, these dispensaries are advertised everywhere around town. Oh yeah, like every other cab we saw was one. The mobile billboards that are driving everywhere, half of them are dispensary ads. It's crazy. And then after the dispensary, Pat spent the next four days lighting up everywhere all the time with his little <laughs> e-cig thing. <laughs> I bought one of the disposable, like, uh, con- concentrate ones. So, like, you can't mm-hmm. smell anything. It's not, like, as invasive as some people just walking with a joint down the street. Yeah, that, that's also what I choose to partake in. And then we saw Gaga, and we saw both of her shows, the Enigma Night and then the Jazz and Piano Night. It was really fun. Um, she blew us away. Yeah, that that Jazz and Piano like show is absolutely incredible. It is literally everything that you want. Her voice sounds so good. Like, she is absolutely incredible when you hear her sing jazz live. Like, I could, I could honestly say that i could go the rest of my life not listening to anything else she ever does besides jazz standards and i would be completely happy she had a full jazz band with her it was just amazing she also did a couple stripped down versions of her own songs like born this way bad romance poker face oh and paparazzi she did a whole arrangement with the full jazz band for paparazzi it sounded like a song straight out of james bond it was so cool yeah it was incredible but by the end of the night, we had a couple of drunk assholes near us, and we were both getting pissed off because they were at that level of drunk where they have to fucking comment on every little thing nonstop. And at one point, this guy who had earlier in the evening, for some reason, handed Lady Gaga her his glitter cane that he made just for her, I guess. Like Gaga, he runs up to the stage, hands her this cane. She does... She actually takes it, does a little bit with it about how she's so fucking tired. And like, you know, it's funny, whatever. But after handing the cane to Gaga, he goes and makes a FaceTime call while sitting (laughs) in his seat during the show, during a quiet song. And we're listening to this fucking FaceTime conversation. I'm like, are you kidding me? If I was sitting right next to him, I would have reached over his shoulder and hit the end call button. But... My God, how stupid are people? Right. You're in the middle of a jazz concert, like a straight up classic jazz concert. And all of a sudden you hear this 
electronic voice coming from next to you because somebody has to fucking FaceTime in the middle of it. Who does that? It's like, really? You can't wait until after the concert? You have to do it in the concert? But of course, he was he was so drunk that he was also one of these drunk people who leaves the show a couple songs early because he had to go throw up or pass out or something. Also, something funny that happened. We were in line for drinks the first night and... What happens, Pat? So in the line, like, because, you know, all the lines are zigzaggy through to fit as many people in a small area. But then, like, the next row over is the leads or the drummer for Fall Out Boy, who, like, is my favorite band ever. And I wanted to say something so bad, but I didn't want to be one of those people. And also, I was super nervous. So I just, like, stood there awkwardly staring, but trying not to stare because... It, it was fucking Andy Hurley, like, just standing right there. And then, so I tweeted something, and apparently, because Andrew went on later, and apparently somewhere in his recent Twitter, he's been like, no, I love when people come up. I really appreciate it. I feel like, like it's humbling or something like that. I feel like you could have gotten a pass for that, though, because that's your, literally your favorite band ever. And I know. you should have done it, Pat. Oh, I know, and I regret it, but I was just so nervous. It's all about the way you do it, too. And I feel like he would have known you were genuine and not just like, hey, I've seen you on the side of a bus or something, you know? <laughs> right. You're that guy. <laughs> I encouraged him to do it, too, and still no. I, I said, go and buy him a drink. I think that would have been cool as hell mm-hmm. if he just hopped up in line and handed him a 20. Bought one of those expensive-ass show drinks. Yeah. Right. Uh, people who are commenting in the Discord are uh, very upset on y'all's behalf. That oh. Somebody would dare to make a FaceTime call during Gaga. Thank you for understanding. I'm glad our listeners are not. Also, those crazy. tickets are expensive, I'm assuming. Right. Why would you oh, be on yeah. a FaceTime call during that? <laughs> because he was drunk right. off his ass and I did not appreciate it well and then during the the pop show the night before andrew had his own irritant right next to him oh yeah well you know how um (laughs) you know uh, people like to wear crazy outfits to a gaga show because gaga wears crazy outfits um you know i respect that i respect being who you are and you know doing some crazy things for a fun night out at gaga but this guy right next to me w- was wearing this costume that I can only describe as a porcupine costume. <laughs> he had these things sticking out of his arms. And you know how theaters are? You don't have a lot of arm space next to you. You're all crammed in together. This guy's porcupine costume is rubbing up against my arm all night. I, I may as well have been bleeding out of my uh, left shoulder all night. I, I could have died like it was just constantly brushing up against me i'm like dude don't you like think about this before going to the show like hmm, this might bother the person who's sitting next to me (laughs) right and i feel like the only reason it was made is because it's this trend now if you're watching the all-star season of drag race there's been quite a few queens who have made their costumes using zip ties and that's what this guy's costume was made of. So, like, it's becoming a trend to start making these kind of wiry-looking costumes out of zip ties. So, anyway, that was Gaga. We we had a really, really nice time. We were sad when the trip was all over yesterday. But if, if, you, if you're on the fence about seeing Gaga, definitely go. But prioritize jazz and piano night because it is really something spectacular. At the least, go and yeah. watch on YouTube. All I kept thinking about while watching the show was just how fucking 
fun and accessible it was. Anyone who went would have had a, a, a dash, a smashing time, I believe. She is just like, she is so smart when she's talking about jazz music as well. There's these little videos that come up when she's doing a costume change. And you can really tell like she actually cares and loves what she's doing when it comes to jazz music. And she really wants to you as a as an audience member to feel what she's feeling when it comes to jazz. I will say Gaga over both nights, I determine this. She is she's a little full of herself. However, she's so fucking talented that she can eat it all up. She can be as full as her as full of herself as she wants because she deserves it. Like, oh my god, the talent that comes out of her mouth is remarkable. I wish I had such talent. Anyway, that was our week. <laughs> Pat, thank you for Oh, we missed the Red Rock Canyon part. We went hiking just outside of Vegas at Red Rock Canyon and Andrew had a certain trail that he wanted us to do because once you get to the end of it, which was maybe what, like two and a half miles, mm-hmm. um, you had like this awesome view of the strip just from the mountain range. So that was that was incredible to do too because I didn't expect like I thought hiking it was just going to be trails or whatever but we actually were like climbing over rocks you kind of a little bit had to make your own trail um, yeah by following what everybody else was doing yeah but it was it was really really beautiful it was dangerous but it was great to get out of the city if uh, Pam I remember I recommended this to you uh, a few months ago I think it may have been on After Dark. Just going on a hike is so relaxing. It can really clear the head. Just being outside for a while, one with nature, having this new experience. It's a good workout, too, because you're using your body in new ways. I just love it. So it was nice to get out of the out of Vegas for a day and um, see the city from a good 10 miles away, which is a good distance <laughs> to be away from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overall, like Vegas itself was fun. I don't... I'm not a big gambler. I didn't have much luck with it at all. So <laughs> really doing all of the other stuff that we did really made it like Gaga plus the hikes and doing the Grand Canyon was like it. it th- those were the highlights of it, in my opinion. Pat also peed within Red Rock Canyon. Sorry, if I got to pee, I got to pee. I did post pictures on Patreon, by the way. Not of Pat peeing, though. I do have a photo of of that. Maybe I'll post that for exclusively for $10 patrons. As long as I'm worth $10, then it's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was our trip. Before I move on, I just wanted to give uh, Alora's PSA of the week. This is not a rage of the week. Uh, Merely just wanted to acknowledge that it is Black History Month. Uh, Also wanted to note that this is not an invitation to wonder why there's no White History Month. Because every month is White History Month. So go away, if that's your question. Um, This is not something that should be limited to every February, but it would also be a good time to support local Black-owned businesses in your community. It's also a good time to educate yourself and speak up about issues that impact the Black community, like the Flint water crisis, racial income disparities, and voter suppression and intimidation, among many other things. So, Pat, since you're on the show this week, we like to turn the spotlight onto our guest for a second. You wanted to talk about the fact that you're searching for a new job right now, and it's it's not going as smoothly as you could have hoped, right? right well, in the beginning it was. I first decided I was going to start 
looking for a job a few months ago, probably like end of September-ish, because stuff in my office isn't the best right now. Like our HR people are the least HR worthy people in existence, um, which is why I want to leave where I'm at. Um, so I decided, I, I mean, and even I debated for how many months even if I should start looking for a new job, because that's a huge undertaking to begin with, like having to make new friends where you're going, like all that kind of stuff, and then leave where you're comfortable in, leave what's already guaranteed for something else. Um, so finally deciding to start looking, I had really good luck for a little bit, and now it's kind of tapered off again. But it it's led me to a lot of questions about job hunting in general that I just don't know if they're Chicago-based or if it even happens outside of there and in other metropolitan areas. Um, like one big thing that I'm noticing on every single job board I go to is that half of the jobs listed are from like uh, recruiting agencies or temp agencies instead of the actual businesses. So half the time I'm sending out all these things and they're going to the exact same people because the actual businesses can't do their own finding of, of people, which I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you as a company save the money instead of hiring a recruiting firm and just do it yourself? And I, 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 does anybody else see that in the other cities? Like when you're looking at job postings on LinkedIn or anywhere else? Um, yeah, I, I think this is a reality for a lot of people across the U.S., for sure. I don't think you're alone. Yeah, it, they, they're some of like the most annoying people. Like, sorry if you work at one of these agencies, anybody out there, but the amount of times they call you for one single job, like today, I my person at this agency called me four times to talk about like two second things. Where I'm like, this you really didn't need to call me for this. Or they always make you come in come in and interview with them before you interview with somebody that they're wanting to send you out for so it's like why don't we just cut out the middleman send me to them if you think i'm good um like it, it, there's just so so many frustrations that come with it more than anything and then other things that i'm coming up with now because like i had an interview today i think it's a good job for me but i'm just like how do I know? How, like, <laughs> How do I know if it's the right job for me? I love the Whitney reference. <laughs> uh, but then also it's like having the self-confidence to know your own self-worth when you're going to try like, tr try to negotiate. Mm. Like, do I have the right skill for this job? I don't know. I went to school for acting and now I'm doing interviewing for payroll stuff. I'm not an accountant. I have no idea what this is. Do you, are, am I even worth to be hired by you? Yeah, but you've worked Do I deserve this... two weeks vacation? Do I deserve three? Like You deserve uh, eight weeks vacation so we can go pee in more national parks. But you already have experience in these fields, kind of, don't you? I mean, ish, but it's still that like that thing that goes through your head. Like, are you actually worth what this company is looking for? I I understand that 100% because I think more often than not, I know that I stop myself if I feel like I don't meet 100% of the qualifications. But then I have to kind of convince myself that there are so many people that, that apply that 
don't meet those qualifications too. Like not all of them, or maybe only know how to do part of the things, but are fast learners. So I think it's more of a matter of getting in the habit of asking yourself, why not me of somebody else? And at the end of the day, those companies will hire the either the right person for the job or the person that they're most willing to work with. And if that's you, then that's okay. Right. Yeah. Kind of but the way it is hard. And and it's funny because I have the opposite problem from you because a lot of writing jobs, you're just sending your resume and your cover letters to HR executives. And I hardly mm-hmm. ever hear anything back from anybody and it's radio silence. So in a lot of ways, it's like, I'm frustrated because I'm doing all of this work but I'm not getting any calls. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like something else I'm, I've been running into as well is like, I don't want to have that because there's the reputation for the millennial group of people that were job hoppers and we just bop around each job every one or two years. And I think that's part of living in a city as well. Like that happens more often in a major city People are changing jobs every like three to five years, it seems like. But I don't like I've never wanted to be that person. But it totally comes off as looking like that when you look at my resume. Purely because the company I'm at now, I didn't I never expected to want to leave. But it's the fact that the people there are the reason why I need to get out for my own sanity Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. But I still now I look, I've been there three years, so I still fall into that millennial category of being a job hopper. I think that you're too hard on yourself and that if you go into (laughs) I feel like I'm therapizing you now. No, but seriously, like the resume is only part of the reason people want to see you. And I feel like if you go in for an interview, which it sounds like you're getting experience doing and that's going to you know, feel more and more natural, the more you do it, you can explain that and people will see that you're genuine about it. And that you're really looking to stay somewhere long term. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that sometimes we get so caught up in the process that we don't realize that these people that make the decisions, they kind of know what they're looking for. And so it's like working hard, yeah, but also true. trusting the process and trusting yourself. Yeah. And that biggest thing was like, I'm very comfortable right now in a job that I know in and out, but like just risking that, like leaving for something that I don't know if it's going to be perfect or not. Were you going to say something more? I I was, I was going to say a couple of things. One, I think the way you're doing this right now is smart. You're not leaving it to the point where you're just desperate for employment beginning the search while you're still employed with your current employer is always the way to go if possible. Um, when it, (laughs) when it comes to qualifications, I have always felt like if I look at a job post and can confidently say that I hit about 75% of the requirements they're posting, then I go ahead and apply for it. I think very rarely are you going to come across candidates that are 100% of everything that the recruiters are putting out there. Because if that were the case, they would have a lot easier time hiring people (laughs) than they do. Um, So the idea, I think, is that, okay, maybe I don't hit all of these points, but I do hit most of them. And the areas where I'm not quite confident yet are areas where I have some room for growth. 
And then maybe showing them that, being like, hey, I noticed that there's this one particular requirement. I don't have a ton of experience with that, but I've enrolled in a class so that I can learn more about that. Or Mm. I'm taking an online seminar or something like that, just to show that you are willing to kind of like grow into the position. Because the other thing is, too, they're not going to hire somebody who's perfectly qualified to do all of those things because then there's no growth in the position for them. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's very true. I think, I think a part of like my whole nerves right now about it too, is that in October I had the literal dream job come up and I was so close to it. So now everything else that I'm applying for is like, Oh, well you're not the dream one. Yeah. (laughs) It just pales in comparison. Oh, Pat, you're speaking to my soul. I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get back on the horse, but I, you know, I think like I've spent the last four years specifically beating myself up about something similar. And then you just have to realize that everything happens for a reason. And what might have felt like the dream isn't really the dream. And when you get to your dream, you'll realize that, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. But it's hard. I, I totally get it. I also remind him, like Laura's saying, it's good that you're searching for a job while still employed. Um, Just remember, you know, it is good that you have job security right now. Your job isn't the dream job. You have issues with it, so you want to get out. But at least you are getting paid. You aren't in a situation where you're not getting paid. And, you know, you have to go like Uber for 50 hours a week to try and make up that lost income. Right, which I've done before when I used to work for Groupon, and then they decided to fire half of their staff. Pat hates Groupon <laughs> out of nowhere. Though we did use Groupon oh, I hate in Groupon Vegas. Now I absolutely. Well, I've never hate found it. anything good on Groupon, so <laughs> yeah. They How many massages do I need? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I've I've thought about similar things before as well. Like, I wonder if Hypable were to God forbid go under, God forbid go under. Like, what exactly are my qualifications? Where exactly could I work? Because I think what I do, I'm not sure that it could fit perfectly in at another job. But I like what Laura said, too, about, um, you know, just looking for a 75% match as opposed to matching 100% of your qualifications. Because what I'm imagining is that a lot of people look at these and they just see nothing that they match 100% with. And so it just drags you down because you're like, damn, can I fit into anything? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, being straightforward, um, I had an experience a few years ago where there was um, a position that was available that I was interested in. And I had some of the experience, but not all of the experience. And I spoke to a colleague of mine who was involved in the hiring for that role and um, one of the things that that they mentioned to me was, you know, hey, like these couple of things are really the priorities for what we're looking for. So if we had to consider losing, um, you know, one of these requirements, this would be the one that we would, you know, be able to to work without or like work with having somebody who was on the job learning how to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think most of the time when uh, positions are being advertised, that's probably the case. And isn't it also the case that a lot of people in these jobs learn as they go 
and they oh, still yeah. s- and they still suck at them. I mean, how many times <laughs> do we true. see people in the workforce who fucking blow ass, and you're like, how did how did they get this job? And then you think, well, <laughs> at least it gives me hope one day. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You have to look at some of the some of the people that you work with and take Michelle Obama's advice. I don't know if y'all saw. The video of her when she was touring oh, yes. her book, where she was like, I have sat around table, some of the most important tables on the planet with some of the most important people on the planet, and they aren't that smart. Yep. yep. <laughs> so just remembering that I think everybody feels like an imposter. Um, yeah. And also that, you know, most people have no idea what they're doing. Most of us are just pretending. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what helps me. Yeah. I think I, I said this on a recent episode. I had this epiphany last year. You just have to suck less than everybody else. We all suck, but you just have to suck less. Suck a little less and you will be so far ahead. Yeah, it's true. And I think about, like, and I always, it's kind of like my own little like secret thing that I always do. But in, in interviews, I'm, I always bring up the fact that I grew up on a farm because that's very impressive to some people. And it shows that like, it's kind of a cheat, I guess, in my opinion, about work ethic, because I do have a great work ethic to begin with, but it was so reinforced in me growing up mm-hmm. that I feel like that's one thing that I can like throw over other people, yeah. which is kind of fun. Totally. Yeah. Always having something unique about yourself that you can use to stand out is awesome. I I use the fact that I lived in Costa Rica every single time. Because it makes them remember me. For a really long time, I used to use, um, I was on a Twilight podcast, and that was really impressive when no one knew what a Twilight podcast was. (laughs) Now nobody knows what Twilight was. But, you know, it got me my first internship, and I had no experience in professional news at all. At a broadcast station, which I had never worked in either because I was studying print journalism. Nice. So you never know. All right. So I think what we learned here is don't give up. And you (laughs) are talented. Yeah. Just remind yourself that you're awesome. Also, because I used all my vacation days. So don't have any left at this job. Got to get a new one. He needs a new job for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there's a lot more to get to today. But first, we have a new sponsor this week, a new brand, Open Fit. I've been working out regularly since my college days. I became addicted to working out because it feels good. It shakes up your day. It wakes you up and you feel accomplished after you work out. But as we grow up, we become busier and we maybe lose the time or the patience to get a good workout in. This is where Open Fit comes in. Open Fit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. That's the most important part about Open Fit. You don't have to drive to a gym. You don't have to struggle to fit it into your busy day. If you're at home, you can work out and get results in a short amount of time. Forget all the complexity and stress around getting fit and just press play. And work out on your schedule. 600 seconds with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat-burning, muscle-building, and body-sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of that time. And no matter where you are, you can work out. You can access it anywhere, anytime. View on your computer, web-enabled tablet, TV, smartphone, and Roku. 
It's just the best way to work out. Pat's been working out this way for years, and I love working out this way as well because going to the gym is a pain in the ass, especially in the winter. Oh, my God. I couldn't get my car out when it snowed like six, seven inches last week. It was the worst. OpenFit has changed the way I work out, and with our code MIL, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use our code MIL and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text MIL to 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts, all the nutrition information, totally free. It's like getting a free gym membership, but for a month. Just text MIL to 303030. You are going to love this. Pat, it's really changed your life, right? Because you get home from work and you just work out. You don't have to go out again. Yep. I have the bare minimum of the equipment I need, and that's what I use. And it works. Trust me. (laughs) Laura, did you survive the Super Bowl? I did. Um, Me and Mark both survived it by not leaving home. So that worked out well. I actually had to ask my mom who won because she was at, it wasn't really a Super Bowl watch party, but the Super Bowl happened to be on in the background. And she texted me saying that she was going home because the game was over or whatever. And I was like, oh, who won? And of course, it was the fucking Patriots. Um (laughs) But I have to say, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later, some of the trailers and commercials were fire. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I love I was so excited for some of these. Yeah. I tu- we tuned into the game live because uh, when you have four nights in Vegas, you're looking for things to do that don't cost money. So we just sat in our room for a little bit and watched it. And yeah, the trailers were good. I think we're going to talk about them later. But it was a boring game, and everybody agrees about that. So... <laughs> I I like that the F- NFL took a hit in that way. Yeah, the lowest scoring game in history, I think I read. Mm. I saw somebody comment, both of these teams are playing like they know the winner has to go to the White House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a couple of the Patriots players have already said they are not going to the White House. So I can't wait to see if Trump reacts to that or not. Sad. And Pam, how was your weekend? It was good. I took a trip to LA and it was great once I got there. I got super delayed because of the weather, which is ridiculous because it definitely is not as bad as it is in the Midwest. (laughs) But, you know, everything shuts down in Southern California when they get a little rain and it was kind of foggy in San Francisco and they don't like to fly into that either. So I was stuck at SFO for about six hours after I got through security and I probably could have driven there in that time <laughs> Dan- oh yeah you could have mm-hmm. what'd you do while you were in LA visited some friends and that was really great and we went to the Skirball Cultural Center which is a museum out there and I had never been there but we actually went because they had a special exhibit on Ruth Bader Ginsburg and so mm. it was really cool to kind of uh, see how they put that together and spend some time reading more about her life um, you know, from when she was born through uh, getting into the Supreme Court and stuff like that. So it was really well done. I think it's rotating. I'm not sure how much longer it's out there. But if you're in the LA area and you haven't been, uh, you should check it out if it's still there. 
And then we also went to Tramp Stamp Granny's, which is a piano bar that's owned by Darren Chris and his fiance. And it was a very good time. And I highly recommend if you're a fan of piano bars, but also if you like Broadway and Disney stuff, because they play a lot of that too. It's like very much catered to fans of his. Um, but yeah, it was really, really fun. Well, and didn't Darren perform while you were there? Yeah, he shows up uh, a lot. He just like pops up. Um, I like how Pam doesn't even mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on your Instagram story, which is how I Yeah, I did yes, too. Yeah. And I love the name of the place too. That's incredible. It's super cool. Uh, definitely Google it and check it out. It's very um, kitsch and themed and it's great. Um, yeah, so Darren showed up around, I don't know, must have been maybe 10-ish, 10.30. And he does this a lot. Apparently, he's been showing up after every big award win this year, too. Hmm. So uh, you never know who's going to show up. And uh, somebody I was with said that Ben Platt also likes to show up from time to time. And yeah, oh, that's just so cool. Pull people up and, yeah, oh, they play imagine, a few songs and that's it. Imagine opening your own bar. That'd be so cool. They must be making bank because that place is small, but apparently always packed. And we went on a slow day because it was raining. Did a source tell you that Darren would be there? Like, how did you get that lucky? No, we just, um, we were just hanging out because there was no room to sit. They don't have very many tables. It's a pretty small place. And we didn't want to stand at the bar because it gets pretty packed with people trying to order drinks. So we just went and stood by the actual piano guy because there's like a tiny little bar around the piano. And we were just standing there enjoying the music making requests and then all of a sudden uh darren chris is behind me and like scooting me over so he can get into the piano area (laughs) hey didn't you used to co-host that imprint show (laughs) yes darren i did well that's very cool good for you that's a good la story it was a very LA. la experience so laura uh we got some feedback regarding last week's episode yeah, so we got an email from Fabi about last week's Venezuela discussion. Uh, full disclosure, this was a pretty long email, so I tried to pick out like sort of the most salient points to share. Um, so Fabi says, I wanted to share some thoughts with you all since my family and I are from Venezuela. I was born and raised there for two years before my family and I moved to the U.S., The situation in Venezuela is an economic, social, and financial crisis whose effects go far beyond the country's borders. As you know, so many Venezuelans have fled, leaving the countries they migrate to with a humanitarian crisis they do not have the resources to handle. The Venezuelan government has many ties to communist countries such as Russia, China, and Cuba, who support Venezuela through both military and financial means, which keep those in power living comfortably while the rest of the population rots. Many people are unaware that Cuba has deployed its military to Venezuela as a means to keep Maduro in power and the citizens oppressed. It's taken Venezuela a very long time to unite and come together, and unfortunately, this is not the first time the country suffers from a dictatorship. My grandfather was an active protester in the 70s, when Venezuela was under the dictatorship of Perez Jimenez, and once again, he's an active protester today, even living here in the U.S., That said, the one move Trump has made that I'm able to get behind is his decision to openly express his support for Gaido and the people of Venezuela. 
Involvement with another country's politics is an extremely delicate matter, and as we've seen, the U.S. does not have the best track record when it comes to interfering with Latin American countries. But I can't say that I don't appreciate the open support towards Venezuela, which is something I've been waiting for the U.S. to show since the golden age of Obama. It might take me, it might make me sound a little biased, which I can accept. But with the way things have been unfolding in Venezuela, I truly feel that it was time for other countries to show their allegiance to the people. Hmm. So Fabi, whose family is from Venezuela, actually is behind Trump's um, sort of public support of the opposition leader. Yeah. Interesting. It's an interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Glad to be able to share that on the show. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Fabi couple more people have entered the 2020 race for the Democratic ticket. Uh, Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, he's running. That one isn't too much of a surprise. We expected him to run. Who was more of a surprise, and he's actually not running as a Democrat. He's considering running as an independent. Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, but he's already getting laughed at. Um, it started very quickly uh, when he announced he was interested in running. Somebody just yelled at the event uh, where he was speaking, don't let Trump win by splitting the vote, because that's what he would be doing if we were to run as an independent. He also said that billionaires should be re- referred to as people of means or people of wealth. He doesn't like the term billionaires. He thinks it's a catchphrase now. Yeah, for billionaires. He's a, made a couple other stupid remarks in the past week as well. It, it, a lot of billionaires seem just seem very lucky. Him, Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter CEO, all these guys, they, they seem to be very talented. Um, but then the more they're around, the stupider uh, we see they really are. I feel like that's what's going on with Howard Schultz. And uh, probably shouldn't run. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think this will be a short uh, campaign from Schultz. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, a lot of people are announcing and very quick. So stay tuned for more announcements. Um, Before we move on to some news, we wanted to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors, Rothy's. Rothy's is the company making insanely stylish and comfortable flats for women and girls from recycled plastic water bottles. I love my pointed Rothy's in plum. They pair with pretty much any outfit or mood, and they're great for the office or a night out. Rothy's was founded by Stephen Hothy Hawthorne Waite and Roth Martin, two guys who wanted to give the women in their lives more choices than just sneakers or flip-flops, and they succeeded. Rothy's is the everyday flat for life on the go for women and girls. It's stylish, classic, comfortable, and comes in four fashionable styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the the sneaker. The color and pattern selection is amazing, and they're always updating their lineup. A major added bonus of these shoes, they're machine washable, because let's face it, feet sweat. So your days of worrying about that pair of shoes you love but can't wear because they smell are over. And when your Rothy's have finally run their course, send them back to Rothy's for free to be recycled again as yoga mats, outsoles, and other environmentally friendly Hmm. products. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code M-I-L-L to get free shipping with no minimum purchase. You'll also get free returns and exchanges, but trust me, you won't want to return these. 
Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter code M-I-L-L to get your amazing shoes and free shipping. This is a no-brainer. You'll get shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable, plus free shipping. Go to rothys.com and enter promo code M-I-L-L. Get this deal while it lasts. I need washable shoes after Vegas. Pat did the math on our activity apps. We walked like 45 miles over the course of the week and my feet just felt disgusting. And I think it was because my shoes were all sweaty. Mm-hmm. Very likely. Mm. So getting back to the Super Bowl, Pam, there were a couple of interesting commercials we wanted to talk about, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the game wasn't much to look at. So maybe you like the rest of America that is not into football were at least entertained by the over-the-top commercials. Uh, Hulu was one of the many companies that got in on the Super Bowl Sunday action. They, of course, released an explosive new trailer for The Handmaid's Tale Season 3. But they also uh, kind of teamed up with a big internet sensation that took the world by storm earlier this year. So Hulu teamed up with the account holders for the insta-famous world record egg profile, and they finally revealed the faces behind the egg, which currently holds the record for the most liked photo on Instagram, a title that was previously held by Kylie Jenner and her baby announcement. So pretty big deal that they were able to do this uh, within the span of the first two weeks of the new year. And it turns out, what? Can we just talk about the egg for a second? Yes. Uh, The egg was a terrible week for the internet when the egg debuted. I mean, really, what are we doing obsessing over a photo of an egg on Instagram? This was the same week that the me versus me meme occurred. I think it was one of the worst weeks on the internet. (laughs) I think it just proves that... (laughs) You know, anybody can be famous in the age of the internet, even a faceless egg. egg. (laughs) I'm ready to cry right now. Why did we all rally behind this fucking egg? Because anyone can be the egg, Andrew. You could be the egg. I could be the egg. Hear that, Pat? You too can get a job if the egg. <laughs> well, I remember how much you're complaining about it when you followed the egg. I did follow the egg, <laughs> <laughs> but then the egg was posting goats Instagram story every day, trying to sell T-shirts, and I was like, "Fuck this!" So I unfollowed the egg. Well, the best part about this egg is that it turns out it was uh, created by some London-based ad execs named Chris Godfrey and then two friends, uh, C.J. Brown and Alyssa Con Whelan. And they literally just created it because they wanted to see if an egg could become a social media star. And it looks like it worked in their favor. So they teamed up with Hulu to create a 30-second PSA, which actually ended up being kind of nice. Um, In the 30-second promo, uh, you see the egg literally crack under pressure in terms, you know, like all of the pressure of social media has gotten to it. And then it also urges anybody struggling with mental health to uh, seek out help. So it was kind of a nice little story. And a really good, um, you know, I guess, promotion for Hulu as well, because they didn't air this commercial during the Super Bowl, but everybody knew that they were going to unveil the information after the Super Bowl. So they still got a crap load of traffic kind of riding on the coattails of all of the football hype so i'm actually shocked that ad execs created the egg because you can't make something go viral it's a lot of luck and ad execs got lucky and made this egg go viral yeah now they have this impossibly high bar that they have to hit now like they're gonna put the egg on their resume 
and then you know fucking coca-cola is going to go and hire them and expect to have the next egg and they're not going to be able to do it because virality is not predictable you can't just turn it on with the switch and that's a good point too i mean you've seen a lot of people that have gone viral over the years um they're kind of shocked when the fame goes away all of a sudden like um was that guy it, i can't even remember his name that's that's how quickly it fades the the guy that was on like auditing the news the bed intruder guy oh yeah you know like he had his 15 minutes and then he was trying to get a reality show but like couldn't make anything happen because everybody had already moved on to the next thing i feel like uh, the idea of chasing viral fame is uh is a big problem especially yeah. for people that you know they rise up so quickly and then all of a sudden they can't handle they don't know how to keep it going there's no way to keep momentum going because they weren't really meant to be famous in the first place right and people realize they don't give a shit about these people Mm -hmm. speaking of the super bowl last year selfie kid who took the selfie with justin timberlake oh yeah in a quote-unquote spur of the moment moment (laughs) bullshit (laughs) the thing was planned i have to admit um this is my first time really hearing about the egg (laughs) I hmm. did not. I was not aware of this when it was a thing. Well, you missed out. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, I knew it happened, but I never actually saw the original post. I only saw like the BuzzFeed things after and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I just follow way too many celebrities that decided to repost the egg because for a while my entire Instagram feed was just people reposting the account. It was getting ridiculous. Yeah. It was one of those things for me where I like I keep seeing mentions of it, but I'm not paying attention to it because it's a fucking egg. I just scrolled right by it. And then I just reached a threshold where I finally decided to look. And You succumbed to peer pressure. Yep. Followed, <laughs> unfollowed, rise and fall. And see, now I don't care about the egg anymore. I don't care what the egg does next. <laughs> Gonna His wait fi- for the next egg. His five minutes of fame are over. His, her, whatever gender the egg identifies as, I don't care. Well, the egg wasn't the only one that had a Super Bowl moment. Uh, There are a bunch of other commercials, which we kind of teased at the beginning of the show. Uh, Were there there any that stuck out to you guys? Yes, the Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele. That That looks interesting. I'm so excited. He's so perfect for that. Let me ask you this, though. Mm -hmm. Are you going to subscribe to CBS All Access? Um a good question <laughs> that, that is, is that my, is that my only way everybody. to see that, it yeah yes mm-hmm. fuck so you can watch that <laughs> and you can watch star trek discovery and the, the good <sighs> fight watch that the good, and the good fight yeah okay yeah. Me, me and mark are gonna have to figure out because we're, we're consolidating our streaming services since he's moving in soon so oh. maybe like if we consolidate netflix I can then have CBS All Access because it is ten bucks a month go. just for one show, though. Ten bucks? Is yeah. it? No, I think uh. it's a little cheaper than that. No, because I just did the free trial so I could watch Celebrity Big Brother. Oh wow! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like three episodes Honestly, behind, and I wanted to be able to download it for the plane. Laura, I would just wait until all the episodes are out and subscribe for one month and binge it. There you go. That's what I do with Hulu when Handmaid's Tale is on. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what a lot of people do with HBO and Game of Thrones. I definitely do that with HBO and Stars. (laughs) 
I mean, it's not enough. I don't know why CBS thinks they can launch their own streaming service when we also have to pay for Netflix and Hulu and soon soon Disney Plus. I mean, Disney is going to shit all over CBS and and maybe even Hulu and Netflix. I mean, they're going to have a big library. Anyway, I I thought um I think one of the most talked about commercials was the Game of Thrones Bud Light one. <laughs> I was I was shocked that that was a partnership. Same. Yeah, weird collaboration. I actually almost walked away from the TV when that was happening because I didn't realize it was a Game of Thrones tie-in. And I was halfway to the bathroom and then I realized that there was more to it. And then I had to like run back to the TV to figure out what had happened. And then you heard the music. (laughs) That's what brought me back. (laughs) Yeah. That's what made me perk up. I was like, wait, they got the Game of Thrones music for this fucking Bud Light commercial? (laughs) Right. And the actual like the mountain and stuff too. Like they had all these things. And then I was like, oh, okay. Didn't they also have that weird corn syrup commercial too, Bud Light? Or was that Coors Light? I can't keep the beer straight. That was Bud's Bud Light because their beer doesn't have corn syrup, but all the other ones do, apparently. <laughs> and that was meant to be a zinger. But then Miller Light came out with a statement yesterday or today. It was like, hey, this isn't high fructose corn syrup. This is just corn syrup. And by the way, our beer has less calories and less carbs and a better taste. So suck our dick, Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> so much drama. I know. The beer companies are fighting. <laughs> Is this worse than the, e- than the egg? I'm not sure. Feels like it. <sighs> anyway, on to some uh, less fun news. I apologize in advance, but this is important. Um, Secretary of State Pompeo announced suspension of the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces, or INF, treaty on Friday. For a little bit of background here, this was signed by Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev of the Soviet Union in 1987 to eliminate intermediate and short-range missiles with the larger goal of reducing the amount of nuclear weapons in the world and to prevent stockpiling of such weapons. This specifically prohibited ground-launched cruise missiles that could fly anywhere between 310 and 3,420 miles. Uh, Pompeo's reasoning for this, he said, and I quote, Russia has jeopardized United States security interests and we can no longer be restricted by the treaty while Russia shamelessly violates it. The reason he says this is because the U.S. claims that Russia has a particular missile system that violates the INF. And on top of that, NATO security chief plus several NATO allies agree with this. Um, Trump had actually announced that the U.S. would withdraw from the treaty a couple of months ago, but gave Russia 60 days to get back into compliance before that would happen. Um, Obviously, it has not. Um, because it has been suspended as of this point. Um, what, what have you guys heard about this? It was breaking news on Friday, so I'm sure you saw it um, on CNN or whatever channel you choose to watch. Yeah, it was a huge story. I guess what I'm wondering is, are we surprised that Trump actually let this happen because even though he likes to talk about being tough on Russia, he rarely actually is. Here's an example of being tough on Russia. Yeah. And the other thing that, and I guess this might come up later over the course of the conversation, but um, I think it's really important in the context of, of, of the INF to look at other things this administration is doing 
um, to sort of destabilize um, sort of nuclear control policies, like pulling out of the Iran deal mm-hmm. last year. Um, so it it's not surprising that he would do this. I will say what's interesting about this is that there are valid points to be had on both sides of this argument. There are experts who feel that, yes, this was the right thing to do. And there are experts who feel like there were maybe smarter ways that we could have leveraged the position without completely undoing the treaty. Um, some of the reasons why why experts seem to think that we, we should have stayed in the INF um, was, for one, the U.S. is not within range of Rus- Russia's reach in terms of ground-launched missiles, but Europe is. <laughs> and this is putting some of our European allies in a weird place. They're expressing disappointment because the INF has been a really important piece of European security structure since the Cold War. So people in Europe are kind of looking at us like, yeah, okay, they can't reach you, but they can get us if they really wanted to. (laughs) Thanks, Mm -hmm. guys. Um, The other thing that has been brought up is because the treaty does not stop either side from testing with air or water launched missiles, um, the U.S. could have put more money and resources into creating more of these like land and water launched missiles that would include nukes in order to basically strong arm Russia into either like wasting a lot of financial capital generating their own technology to compete with us or come to the table and try to negotiate a better deal for both sides when it came to the treaty. This was the opinion in particular of uh, James Miller, who was the top Pentagon policy official between 2012 and 2014. So... That uh, the other thing is that the that now that the U.S. is out, Russia can openly start building up its arsenal and point at us as the cause for that and say, like, well, we were compliant with the treaty, but the U.S. pulled out of it. So mm-hmm. why should we have to comply with it now? But we can just turn this into a pissing match, right? I mean, we can just keep building up our own arsenal now yeah. as well, as Pompeo was arguing. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about that is that Gorbachev actually wrote an op-ed for the New York Times last week titled, A New Nuclear Arms Race Has Begun, because, Andrew, what you just described is an arms race. Holy shit, I didn't even know he was still alive. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I thought you were going to say an op-ed from, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, actually, I think this op-ed was from a couple years ago, but or last October year. October 2018. Yeah, yeah not yeah. too old. Yeah, not, not too old. And that, that was written originally when Trump proposed the idea of uh, withdrawing from the INF. Yeah. Um, now, people who think that the U.S. was totally in the right to pull out of the treaty feel like, well, hey, if other countries are going to be developing these weapons... Why should the U.S. be prevented from doing so by a treaty that isn't being complied with on the other side? Um, 
China is also a big consideration here because China is not part of the INF, so they're not constrained by any of its requirements. And Beijing has actually improved its cruise missile arsenal, which would put the U.S. at a massive disadvantage if we ever found ourselves at war with China. Hmm. Um, additionally, experts point out that ground-launched missiles are cheaper to produce than the variety that are launched at air and sea. I'm going to go ahead and say I like that we pulled out of this because based on what China is doing, based on what Russia has been doing against the agreement, um, we do need to build up. And we know Trump loves the idea of building up an arsenal and having the biggest, baddest weapons. Yeah, I know. And that's what I hate. the thing so here's the thing that i i feel like this is a really nuanced issue right like clearly there are people far smarter than any of us on both sides of this issue and i think there are valid points that are brought up on both sides of the issue my my problem is that i do not trust this president to think critically when approaching the possibility of undoing something that has been sort of part of the mantelpiece of European security since the Cold War. Yeah. Um, I, I don't trust somebody like Trump and furthermore his administration to approach this with the kind of nuance it would need. Um, I, I don't I don't trust that this was any more of a conversation than, yeah, fuck them. We're just going to pull out, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Hopefully we don't die. No, because it isn't just Trump at the wheel. I mean, there are other people in the administration who are more grounded than he is. So hopefully if he reaches for the button, some people will slap his hands away. Yeah, but then there's also the fact that now Russia can just sort of stockpile their arsenal in a very unfettered way yeah they don't even have to really hide it if they don't want to yeah and if we went back to the table with them who knows what they would say right Putin probably wouldn't agree again yeah exactly whereas like if we had gone back to the table with them while we were still in the treaty to renegotiate the terms of the treaty we were already in we might have gotten a better deal trump did offer 60 days though right he did. Um, I don't know that there was any offer to negotiate anything. It was just mm-hmm. 60 days for Russia to become compliant with um, the regulations of the INF. And the other thing to point out, too, is that Russia has accused the U.S. of violating the INF in the past. The U.S. denies this, but... Okay. I mean, of co- like, I don't know. I, of course they do. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why would they admit to violating it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, since he has gone in office, do we know how many, like, treaties or agreements and stuff that the United States has pulled out of? Um. Well, there was the Paris Accords, the Iran deal. Those are, like, the two big ones. Of course, INF now makes that, like, a big yeah. three. I'm sure there are numerous other ones that are just not occurring to me at the moment. Right now, I can't and, think of the one to the Mexico, Canada, U.S. Oh, oh the NAFTA. Yeah, NAFTA, NAFTA which yeah. now has a new thing. Right. 
Mm-hmm. My whole question with this is just like, why? You know, what what are they building towards by pulling out of everything? Um, that, that's a good obviously question. That's not a question that I expect anybody to be able to answer. But it is something that I think about every time stuff like this comes up. Because it seems to be done in haste. But I, I, who knows how long? they've been talking about doing this right yeah i mean it's definitely more you know a move closer to isolationism right which is not going to do the united states any favors because i you know people always argue that america is the best country in the world but at the end of the day i don't think america has the the power it used to have you know it's definitely not no it doesn't have as much pull as it did. Like the economy is not even really there compared to some other nations. So right. isolating is not going to further any kind of advancement. No. Yeah. And it's a global market that we live in now. Right. Like, and also, I mean, globalization, wants- you're either on or you're off the train. Yep. And they're not going to wait for you. So the more you spend running after the train, the faster it's going to get. Yeah. You know who is on the train? China. Trump is so concerned about what China is doing. And they are really stepping up to become an economic leader where the U.S. is stepping down. Yes, 100 percent. But China has always been out for its best interest. And I think that there's a way to do it um, that does not mean that you're cutting off all ties of communication or, um, you know, uh, negotiation with other countries that you need stuff from. Mm-hmm. China's very smart about the way they do things. Yeah. And and we are not. Not right now. Exactly. Um, so, Andrew, is there something that can help us if we want to get away from this um, possible... N- post-nuclear hellscape that was exactly the transition (laughs) i was going to use yeah if if you need to get out of range of one of russia's missiles or maybe one of america's missiles uh maybe you need a new suitcase we have a returning sponsor this week they are my favorite luggage company one i just just used over the weekend to get trashed in vegas away they've created the perfect suitcases for escaping nuclear missiles When you're looking for a suitcase, you're looking for something lightweight that has four wheels so it moves easily, that has a smart interior, and for something that looks good. Away created that suitcase and added features you didn't know you needed. All of Away's suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, meaning your suitcase is strong but surprisingly lightweight. The interior features a patent-pending compression system, helpful for overpackers. This is so amazing. The compression straps they shrink down your clothing so you can fit more in less space i use this every time because i end up packing a little more than i should and then of course when you're packing back up to head home you know your clothes are all messy from being used um that's when it really comes in handy the suitcase also has four 360 degree spinner wheels which guarantee a smooth and easy ride no more dragging the suitcase behind you it just cruises right next to you, and it saves you from back pain. I, I used to really be in pain walking around with my suitcase. And there's one more feature for all of us. It has USB ports built into the suitcase. 
Both sizes of the carry-on have a USB battery built in, so while you're on the move, you can charge your phone, your tablet, your e-reader, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. This is so helpful for while you're traveling. You never have to worry about a dead battery again. Oh, yes, God bless. And Away believes in their product. It comes with a lifetime warranty, a 100-day trial, free shipping, and the carry-on sizes are compliant with all major airlines, so you know it's going to fit. I just love these guys. I want you to get one of these. It's one of these products that once you buy it, you become loyal to that brand, and you never want to try another competitor again. I'm with Away Suitcase for life, period. I just love their suitcases that much. They're that good. I'm going to get you a discount. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L during checkout. Again, for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash M-I-L-L and use promo code M-I-L-L during checkout. Pat, you should use that code because I know you've been jealous of mine. Literally every time we go somewhere, I want that suitcase because it's so much nicer than mine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm embarrassed to walk around uh, next to you in your suitcase because yours is one of those plain old ugly drag along behind me suitcases. It's not that bad. Jeez. (laughs) You have the worst suitcase ever. But it's just so nice. I get so jealous when you can just walk next to you super casually with all four wheels. And then mine's behind me and hit me in the knee or something while I'm walking. And the battery. And I'm packing more stuff. And it looks cool. Yeah, it's great. All right. So one more story. This is an important tech story. I wanted to let everybody know about it. Facebook Messenger now lets you delete chats with your friends. Uh, this came to be after we learned last year that Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, secretly had this ability. And when this leaked, this leaked because some people were noticing that chats they had with Zuckerberg just disappeared. <laughs> he said, I have this ability uh, following the 2014 Sony hack because... You know, it's a it's a big risk these days. You don't want these messages lingering around online. And Zuckerberg, rightly, considers himself a very important person, so he doesn't want these messages out there. Um, but then the rest of the world said, "Well, fuck you, Mark. We should have this feature too. Why can't we have this?" So it is available now. Uh, it's pretty easy to use. You just load up your Messenger app, and you can either delete it only from your phone slash your app. Or delete it from everybody's apps. So if I loaded up my chat with Laura right now, I could go in there, I could delete some stuff, and she wouldn't be able to see it again. Do you three see any situations in which you might use this feature? Um, I'm actually going through my history right now to see if there's a thread <laughs> that I would like to <laughs> remove. Uh, yeah i mean there's like really really old conversations maybe just so that they aren't there anymore like why do i need a conversation from when i started facebook 12 Uh, years ago but yeah i definitely guess that would be my only reason too so if i so i've got i've got a thread with uh my ex it's very old so if i delete this right now he can't go back and find that message anymore yeah, so you're deleting individual messages, not the entire thread. Oh, well, oh, way too much work. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't care that much. Maybe just delete a single I love you or, um, hey, I, you want to come I, over and double fist me? I never used that word with him. Oh, okay. Fist? Um, 
<laughs> so, I mean, look, it's it's important these days to be able to delete stuff because maybe one day you're going to run for office and you don't want this stuff resurfacing. Maybe people would will hold a grudge against you. I mean, my God, think about how many chats we have with with people in each each of our apps. We have each spoken with hundreds of people through Facebook alone. And one day, let's say uh, my friend uh, Kyle is running for president and I'm seeing these messages in, in here that could get him in trouble. I'm going to fucking screenshot these if I hate him now and, and send them to CNN. So you need to be able to, to, to do this. It's interesting. Our, our digital lives are what a yearbook is for the older generations. See Brett Kavanaugh when he was nominated for the Supreme Court. A lot of stuff came out of his yearbook. Just this week, Virginia Governor Ralph Northman, a photo of him in a uh, Klansman outfit or in blackface leaked through his yearbook that just came out last week. He is he initially den- he initially said it was him, and now he's denying that it was him. <laughs> so that's a whole mess, and I bet he wishes he could delete that Facebook page. Um, but you know, Facebook posts, you can delete now messenger posts, tweets, Instagram posts are now deletable. The only stuff that's really left are all these private conversations like I messages, emails, private Instagram or Twitter chats. So it'll be interesting to see if one day Apple and Instagram and like Gmail will let you delete emails from both ends of the conversation that would be very helpful for people who don't want some of this stuff coming back to haunt them. Yeah. Speaking but of also Northman, like, I was going to say, how do we catch people like Northmen if this is an ability? Well, uh, you just won't be able to. <laughs> but don't they have a right to delete this stuff so they can't be caught? <sighs> yes, but that doesn't mean that I want them to be able to yeah northman i wanted to get everybody's reactions on that should should he resign laura yes democratic governor yes i don't i don't care what side of the aisle he's on blackface is not acceptable there's Mm -hmm. literally no situation in which you could describe to me like wearing blackface and have me be like oh well that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, none. It's just not acceptable. And he should resign just on how poorly he's managed this whole situation. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's a total <laughs> PR mess. Like, it's whoever he even has doing PR for him should also be fired. Yeah, his staff suck. <laughs> I, he made this comment during this press conference. He was like, I remember those years because I made other mistakes that I do remember. Like, uh, what? Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously he should resign, but finding himself in this situation, there was a way better way to handle it. And the way better way to handle it would have been to say, yeah, I was ignorant and I did something really dumb and insensitive and I'm very sorry 
that is not who I am anymore. That said, I recognize that this is reflective of a very deep wound in the the fabric of this nation that is not yet healed, and I will be resigning. Yeah. That was the way he should have handled it. Yep. He's been sticking it out. It's been several days, and, and he has not resigned yet, so it'll be interesting. In my opinion, I think he could continue to not resign and just let it blow over, and he might be able to get away with it if he really sticks it out. But maybe now there are too many fractures in the Virginia uh, legislature where that can't that can't be. I don't know. But it seems clear he really wants to stick this out because he's, he told his staff the other day, I don't want to be remembered as a racist for the rest of my life. Well, if he doesn't want to be remembered as a racist, um, actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Run, running around and being like, I'm not giving up this my job because I'm not a racist. Okay. <laughs> he can be remembered but- as a racist who's sorry. Right, or he can be remembered as somebody who couldn't handle the fact that he got caught. Right, yeah. Being a fucking racist. What's also shocking, though, is that this photo didn't leak until now. It's in one of his yearbooks. How do the research op teams not go through every one of his yearbooks? It was a whole fucking page dedicated to him, and half the page is this photo of him either in blackface or this Klansman outfit. Jeez. I think some of it is um, progressive bias. I think, I mean, we even saw this, like CNN accidentally referred to him as a Republican. And that's because... It's usually them who make these mistakes. Right. Like, we usually (laughs) have come to expect that from them because they're usually the ones doing all the fuck-ups in that regard. But Republicans do not have a monopoly on racism, (laughs) We've mm-hmm. got plenty of it on the left as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something that we have to reckon with. And we as progressives have to be willing to stand up and weed this kind of shit out and say no. Yeah. So if any of you out there have photos of yourselves in blackface or a KKK outfit and uh, sent them to friends over Facebook Messenger, you can now delete those. And hopefully they haven't already screenshotted them. Yeah, and if you do have those things, you can also unsubscribe from this show. (laughs) (laughs) Millennial, also deletable. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's time now for recommendations. Pam, what's yours? Oh, when I was uh, in LA, I was staying with my friend's parents, and they know that I'm lactose intolerant. So uh, she bought me a dairy alternative creamer to put in my coffee in the morning, which I thought was really nice. Um, and it was pretty good. So it's called Nut Pods, and they're unsweetened, which is good because I don't like really sweet coffee, and they're dairy free. So it's more of like a traditional creamer, but it doesn't really separate in super strong coffee, which is really nice uh, because I do tend to have that problem, which is why I tend to drink my coffee black more often than not because separation occurs um, every once in a while when you add in certain kinds of almond milk. So yeah, if you're lactose intolerant or you're looking to cut dairy out for some reason, highly recommend picking that up from your local grocery store. And now Pat is mad at you. I know this was like the worst you. recommendation to <laughs> make this week. <laughs> I recommended nut milk or not nut milk. Uh, what was that called? 
It was oat milk, right? Oat milk. Thank you. On the last episode he was on. Damn. Uh, what's going to happen next yeah, month? For two. <laughs> He's not going to show up anymore because he doesn't want all these <laughs> anti-dairy recommendations. <laughs> I do. Hey, I like that it's called Nut Pod, though, because it's saying what it is. It's something from a nut. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That's the title of this episode, Something from a Nut. (laughs) (laughs) All those listeners who got angry last time Pat was calling a nut juice are not going to tune into this episode. (laughs) Pat, what's your recommendation? Um, So my first one is bouncing off of what Laura recommended uh, maybe a month ago, a few months ago. Um, Becoming, I bought the audiobook of it for Michelle Obama's book. She actually reads it. And I am savoring my last four hours because it is incredible hearing her tell her story just from her own mouth. Like she's made me tear up multiple times listening to her and having the emotion that she puts through in it. So you can really tell just how great of a human being she is and Barack is. Um My second recommendation is Dairy Girls on Netflix. It's six episodes. Each episode is like 22 minutes. It's of these high school girls in Dairy, uh, Northern Ireland. And it's based in the 90s. So it's incredible music. Absolutely hilarious. And really short. So you pop through it really, really quickly. Pat's been talking to me about Dairy Girls and... Until right now, I thought it was spelled D-A-I-R-Y. And I was like, oh, of course you're watching a show called Dairy Girls because you love dairy products. I thought the show was like set on a farm or some shit. It's 90s Northern Ireland. So it deals with like all that heavy stuff that they were also dealing with in the 90s, like bridge bombings and stuff like that. But it's so funny. And the, the main girl, the things that she can do with her face, I just don't understand how she does it. It's and it's great. And by the way, Pat just recommended an audiobook. We do have Audible as a sponsor, and you can get that book for free, audible.com slash M-I-L-L, if you haven't listened uh, via Audible before. So thanks, Pat, for letting me shill Audible. You're welcome. My recommendation is not ignoring advice and getting your HVAC serviced annually. I'm referring to your AC unit or your heater. Um, When I bought this place last year, they said, hey have somebody come out once or twice a year to check on it i said okay sure well guess what i didn't pay somebody to come out and look at it and when we got back from our trip last night um the heat seemed to be working i didn't maybe i was just so tired i didn't notice that there was a problem but then this morning the system wouldn't turn on at all luckily uh, i was able to get somebody out earlier today because you don't want your heat not working in uh february in chicago and turns out some pipes were clogged and it was all because in his words i didn't have it checked before winter started so i learned my lesson there and i'm gonna start being a responsible adult so get your shit serviced annually you know andrew you can probably sign up for a contract like a a maintenance contract they did actually pitch that to me yeah honestly i think it's worth it i have a service contract where they come out um in like basically in the spring and summer like before temperatures get like way too hot or way too cold yeah and just make sure everything looks good and i think my contract was like 150 bucks and that covers two maintenances a year 
that is exactly what they offered for that yeah. same price. And uh, one visit alone without that kind of agreement was $90. So you yeah. actually save a little money too. Yeah. So. And plus, if you have a contract with those companies, if something really does go wrong, they tend to prioritize Mm. you when you because I had an issue a few months ago where my heat wasn't working. And because I have a service contract with them, they came out and checked it out. And it turned out there was just a sensor that had gotten a little bit dirty inside the unit. And they came out, cleaned it off, left, didn't charge me anything for it. So oh, nice. Definitely recommend having a service contract. It's good to know. Um, And my other recommendation <laughs> Um, is checking out Stacey Abrams' democratic response to the State of the Union speech that's happening as we record this episode. Um, Stacey Abrams, of course, was the Democratic candidate for governor here in my home state of Georgia. She is phenomenal. And I was so excited to hear that the Democrats picked her to give the Democratic response to the speech. Um, I know she's going to kill it, so check her out speaking of the state of the union we are going to uh, tune in live in after dark because it is happening right now and we will see what the donald is saying and we'll offer offer our snap reactions to it and then what else will, will we be talking about today ladies we're going to be talking about our cultural obsession with serial killers getting a little creepy your obsession with serial killers. I'm normal. I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> well, Andrew, that's because I think you might be a serial killer. <laughs> uh, one of our patrons, by the way, said she was looking forward to this discussion because her husband and her have watched the new Netflix series, Ted Bundy, instead of the Super Bowl. And they want to spend an entire workday researching Jeffrey Dahmer. That was Kayla who wrote that. Mm-hmm. So... After Dark will be available over at patreon.com slash millennial as part of Mega Millennial. And this is um, Mega Millennial is the main show ad free plus After Dark back to back in one audio file. You can get all of our bonus audio content delivered to your favorite podcasting app. You can listen to it just like you do regular millennial instructions and uh, the sign up page are over at patreon.com slash millennial. We also have new benefits like face to face and breaking news and landy is one is now one super installment you also receive hashing it out which is our pre-show recordings you also get random posts with goings on in our lives like those photos of pat and i uh at red rock and uh the new discord channel which can help reduce your addiction to facebook by uh spending less time on facebook <laughs> yeah and you can chat with us exactly it's like a little intimate hangout mm-hmm Pat, what will be our closing song this week? I'm going to say our closing song in the vein of Lady Gaga and Jazz should be um, the version of Lush Life from her Cheek to Cheek album with Tony Bennett. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I used to visit all the very gay places. Okay. Those come what may places where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life to get the feel of life from jazz. 
and cocktails The girls I knew had sat and selling gray faces With distinct gay traces That used to be there